Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church. So great to be with you today as we conclude our series that we have called Fathom, really getting into the, the, the nitty-gritty of um, the theology around who God is and what God wants to share with us. And so allow me to start by inviting you to read together the, the series scripture that we've read for every one of these messages in the series. Let's read this together from Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read it. Big voices, go. And I ask him, being Jesus, that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Today, we will conclude our Fathom series by landing on what I believe is the key to all that we have looked at in this series because it invites us to answer this question. So what do I do now? <laughs> After all of that, what do I do now? We may now have all the right information and, and that's really called orthodoxy, the right information, but that information doesn't make a lot of difference until it is put into practice. That's called orthopraxy. So knowing all that we now know about God's word and, and Christ's sacrifice and the beautiful gospel and humanity's redemption, the question remains, what do I do now? How do I live in light of those glorious truths? Now, thankfully, Jesus does not leave us in the dark regarding that either. The call of Christ does not stop with our personal enlightenment. No, that call compels us outward, forward, to a mission, to a goal, to a shared purpose. And that is lived out in a partnership with Jesus. Since this mission, then, is a partnership, only made possible by Christ, we have a name for it. It's called the Great Commission, the Great Commission, the Great Commission. In fact, the church word for the study of that mission is called missiology. The study of how Jesus sends his followers to reach the world. A call only made possible with Christ. And in that, it is absolutely then a co-mission. Yes, accepted by us, but made possible by and through Christ. It is a shared calling, which is really great. I've noticed as Paul and I are getting older... Don't have little kids in the house, so the dynamics of going out to eat are different. You know, instead of going to McDonald's with the kids and stuff, we get to go to places we want to go and figure out what works best for just a couple. We're back to just being a couple again. And so we're getting some life hacks regarding the best way to eat as a couple. And we found a good one recently. Uh, if you go to Red Robin, uh, you can order the very basic of their burgers. That's actually Paula's favorite burger, just the basic burger. And we order it and we split it. Why? Because it comes with unlimited fries. Oh, yes. So in essence, you get just a bit of burger. You get just a little bit of burger, but enough to make a difference. And then you fill up on the fries, which, as I mentioned, are bottomless. 
Now, the case could be made that often filling up on bottomless fries might make me bottom full. That is possible over time. So I wouldn't do this every night. It could do that to you. It could mess with you. It could you, you put on the pounds. It could happen. But we do that. And then they give us bottom and this is their thing. They have bottomless special drinks there too, okay? So they've got flavored lemonades and flavored iced teas and root beer floats. And so I asked, hey, can I start the meal with a lovely flavored lemonade? Get this bottomless one. But then can I move through the meal and towards the end, can I shift to a root beer float? They're like, of course you can. One price for the whole thing? Yep, just do it as much as you want. And so I started with a great lemonade and I had two root beer floats all for the price of one beverage. Another hack for you. A miracle made possible by what? Our willingness to share. To join together in making that experience more effective than it could be on our own. That is the nature of the shared calling of Christ known as the Great Commission. We cannot do it without Christ and we cannot do it without each other. The Great Commission is the Christ follower's answer to the question, what do I do now? That being the case, I am so excited to conclude our series in the place that our life mission begins. To unpack this Great Commission in order, in order to both understand its depth, but also to act upon its call. And here's the first thing I'd point out. Our commission hinges on Christ's authority. Matthew 28 is where we're going to be, starting verse 18. Let's read it together. Big voices, go. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, now we're going to stop there. I had a professor in Bible college who used to say, when you're reading scripture and you come across the word therefore, ask, what's it there for? Okay. Meaning, go back and see what that is pointing to. The concept behind the word therefore is that because of this, we can do that. Because this happened in the past, we can look forward to this future. That's what the, the word therefore brings out. And in this passage, what that boils down to is this. Because of the authority that has been given to Jesus, we can then do everything that this commission is going to ask us to do. It is the authority of Christ that makes it all possible. So, what kind of authority is it? Simply put, all. All authority. Christ's authority is without any limit. All authority, both in heaven and on earth, which means there is nowhere you can go on this earth where Jesus is unable to affect your circumstance. I think that's pretty good news. There's nowhere you can go that the hands of Jesus are tied. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus will always do what we think Jesus should do. No, no. It does mean this. Whatever Jesus wants to do, Jesus can do. Whatever is God's best cannot be stopped in heaven or on earth. There are no lines where the authority of Christ ends. Now, this is so encouraging, especially in our world, because we're used to running into places where the authority of something or someone is limited. 
Here's an example. There's a tree by the side of our church. Uh, it's, it's, it's right by the road on the side of the church, and it has grown up, and its roots have grown under the sidewalk, our sidewalk that runs beside our church, the sidewalk that everybody passes on. That tree belongs to the city, but its roots have grown up under that sidewalk. It has now pushed the sidewalk up, I don't know, Six, eight inches, maybe ten inches. It's up pretty high now, lifting the sidewalk up, making it so when you walk over, there's an actual step there, a problem for passing by that place. It is a problem for people, pedestrians. So we've gone to the tree and talked to them. And this is the, the way the conversation has gone. They said, yes, the tree is our tree. We're like, okay, that's your tree. Well, your tree is pulling up our sidewalk. They're like, you're right, it totally is. Well, then would you mind repairing that, fixing our sidewalk, since your tree is doing the damage to our sidewalk? They said, no, we can't do that. Why can't you do that? Well, it's our tree, but it's your sidewalk, so you get to fix it. Okay, well, that doesn't make sense on that level, but okay. We'll just, maybe we can get some volunteers and we'll go fix it. We'll take care of, uh, you know, moving it around or cutting down the tree or cutting down the roots and making that work. They said, no, no, you can't just do that. What do you mean? Isn't it our, you say it's our problem. Yes, it, it's, it's our tree, it's your sidewalk, and it's your problem, but you have to fix it our way. You got to either use the city or you got to use somebody the city approves of to do that work. That's how you got to do it. But isn't it our sidewalk? Yes. It's, it's our problem? Yes. But you can't do it your way. Nope, you can't do it your way. Okay. We've had that conversation over and over, trying to go, this doesn't make any sense at all. And the response has simply been, you know, you're right. That is just crazy, isn't it, how the, the rules are working? But we don't have the power to change it. <laughs> so have a nice day and figure that out. Evidently, changing things like that in the city involves like maybe the mayor or the governor or the pope. I'm not sure how things like that get changed. But there's no common sense. It's just how it is. And I look at that and I go, that's what happens when we have power but no authority. That's what it looks like. Now, it's a bummer for a city, but here's the great news for us. Jesus has all power and all authority, <laughs> which means in your life, you will never come to Jesus with a circumstance and Jesus is going to go, sorry, I don't have the power to do anything to help that. There's never going to be a situation where Jesus goes, sorry, I don't have the authority to do that. No, the truth that we can celebrate today and every day is this. No matter how big my problem is, it will never be bigger than Christ's ability to change it. And so as we move forward in our mission and into the seemingly impossible circumstances that we will face in our life, we can rest and rejoice knowing that my hands and my feet may feel tied and I may feel weak, but Jesus can do more than I can ask or imagine. And in the words of Han Solo, I can imagine quite a bit. <laughs> Jesus can do more. And because of the authority of Christ, this mission is in all and everywhere mission. All authority on heaven and on earth. It's all and it's everywhere. It's not based in my authority, but based in the authority of this one that I can know. That's how this happens. It's so amazing to me, so amazing to me that we can know 
and love the one who, who has all the authority and all the power. And that one can know and love us. I mean, that to me, that changes the game. You know, I, I don't normally follow a ton of sports, but, but this last week I was following duck baseball because they're in the Pac-12 tournament. And the reason I was following them is because I know the head coach, Mark, and his wife, Lori. I work out at the, at the gym with, with Lori. She's a friend, and they come to Cove Church uh, sometimes. And so um, I, I, w- I was following this because they went to the tournament. I was excited for them. I was watching the results. And as I'm watching the results play out last week, you may not know this, but they end up winning the entire Pac-12 tournament. Haven't done something like that in baseball for like 60 years. Amazing accomplishment. They're now this weekend going to play in the NCAA tournament. That's an amazing thing. But just the fact that they did that, such a huge thing. And it's so fun for me, not just because it's an Oregon team, but it's because I know the people involved. That's what makes it fun for me. Here's the thing. We can be so excited about Jesus having all authority and having all the power in heaven and earth. But more exciting still is the fact that you and I can actually know the one who has all authority and all power. And that one knows you and loves you. What an amazing thing. That's what the authority of Christ makes possible. Because our commission hinges on Christ's authority. That's the first thing. Here's the second. Our commission hinges on Christ's mandate. Let's continue the passage. Matthew 28, verse 19. Ready? Go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Now, Here the the commission shifts to our response. This is really what puts the co in commission. We give our lives now in response to this mandate. See, Christ's mission is made possible because of who Christ is, but it is made practical because of who we are. We are the vessels, we are the vehicles that Jesus wants to use to bring his grace to the world. Now, we can all attest to not feeling like we're a very good vehicle. You know, I'd really love to be be like a Humvee for the kingdom. That'd be awesome. I just want to be a Humvee for the kingdom, go anywhere, do anything. I feel like most of the time I'm like a broken down moped for the kingdom. I'm not that effective. I don't, I, I, we can all make those arguments and I wouldn't pick me to do this. Yet it's never my ability that matters or your ability that matters. What does matter is our availability. God, can you use me? Will I let you? And the question here for every Christ follower then is this. Will I go? Will I make? Will I baptize? Will I teach? Will I do that? Because that's the commission. And this doesn't say you only do that if you have a college degree or that this mandate or this mission only applies if I have the term evangelist written before my name, or that I, that I only have to do this if I work for a church and get paid to do such things. No, those are distinctions that we see in our culture. We do not see them in Scripture. So here's the truth. 
If you are a Christ follower, you are sent by God to engage your sphere of influence with the love of Jesus, period. You're sent. You're a missionary. Go, make, baptize, teach. These are the actions of Christ followers. You are called to share God's love. You are invited by God to celebrate with those people when they choose to be baptized. You are empowered to continually walk with people, those same people, to see them transformed through the ongoing teaching and training of Jesus. Go, make, baptize, teach. That is our co-mission. And if you're a Christ follower, that is your mission. That is the answer to the question, what do I do now? Christ makes it possible, but we then make it practical. We literally put hands and feet to this mission. There are no loopholes. There are no opt-outs. This is the answer to that question. What do I do now? This is what I do. I live this mission. I actually go. And here's the key for us at Cove Church. A going mission requires a sending church. A going mission requires a sending church. If we are going to a people who go, if we are going to be a people who go, we must also be a church that sends. If we are going to be a people who go, we must also be a church that sends. We don't always want to do that. I remember when we were first planting in Redmond, and we, we moved over like um, right at the beginning of summer. And the first family to join us from this side of the mountains, um, they came for, for that summer, and, and it was a great family. They had young kids, and, and uh, we just spent the summer with them. You know, we're engaging the town, getting to know people, and, you know, spent time at the lake swimming and doing things together. Spent a lot of time together. It was, it was great. And, and that was the church, right? That was the whole church was those two families for that summer. Uh, and so that was terrific. But the end of the summer came, and... Uh, they started, you know, he started to have some troubles at work and they started to just have some stresses on their family and things pulling them different ways. And, and it was harder than any of us thought it would be. And they came to us and said with tears in their eyes, I, I think we need to go back. We, we, need to, we need to go back to where we came from. And so, of course, we said, man, your friends, yes, we, we bless you. Oh, absolutely. We, want, we, we send you with our love and our prayers and our hope for good things for you. We bless them. And I remember after they went back, I remember talking to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I know you called us to be a sending church, but I didn't know that meant we would send the whole church, <laughs> everything, but when I read this, that's the mission. Go, make, baptize, teach. It means that in order to experience hellos in God's kingdom, we will experience goodbyes in this kingdom because a going mission requires ascending church. This mission cannot be done without Christ, but Christ does not want to do it without us. So, will we live then 
to hold on to people, to keep people, or will we live to let go and to send people? Jesus is calling us to be a sending place. It would seem that is the invitation here. Our success is not about how many people we sit in this building. Our success is about how many people we send from it. That is the mandate. That is the commission, because our commission hinges on Christ's mandate. That's the second thing. Here's the last thing. Our commission hinges on Christ's presence. Let's finish out the passage. Read it together. Big voices. Go. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. This is, to me, I think the most encouraging part of the Great Commission. That although this mission is bigger than us, and it is beyond us, and truth be told, it is impossible for us, the great news is that we are not called to accomplish this mission alone. No, Jesus promises to be with us. What is absolutely true regarding the Great Commission is this. Jesus does not call us to the impossible. Jesus calls us to what is impossible without him. That's why it's called the Great Commission. We cannot do it alone. It's like uh, last week. I, I, uh, it was day off, and I, I decided I wanted to float the Willamette um, in my pontoon boat and fish. And uh, so Paula dropped me off where, uh, where Beltline crosses the Willamette right there. Dropped me off right there. And, uh, and I was going to float down to Marshall Island. That's where she would pick me up. I literally cannot do that kind of fishing, that kind of event by myself because I'm dropped off in one place. I float for many, many miles. I fish, I row, I hear strange noises in the bushes that scare me. I, I then row faster. I, I, and I'm finally picked up miles downstream at the Marshall Island boat ramp. It's super fun. I love to do it. I caught fish. It was great. But it's impossible for me to do that kind of fishing alone. Now, there are other fishing trips I can do alone. I can just drive to a spot and go and fish, and I'm, I can be by myself. I, I don't need someone else to do that. But that kind of trip, that experience, is only made possible because there is another. Another helping me, another picking me up. Because without Paula, I don't get home. I guess I just float out to sea. <laughs> you know, just land somewhere eventually. It required another person. Fishing that way required more than one person. That experience required more than one person. That mission required more than one person. The Great Commission will always require more than one person. It will always be us and Jesus. And the great problem we face is when we try to do the co-mission, solo mission. Meaning, let's do the mission of Jesus without Jesus. And if there's something I'm passionate about regarding Cove Church and how we do what we do, is that we would always be dependent on Jesus. That this would be always a God-powered church. Because the stuff that matters is the stuff that we can't do. Yes, we can bring our gifts and our talents and we can bring our planning and our resources, but only Jesus can change a heart. 
And only Jesus can heal a wound. And only Jesus can restore what is broken. And only Jesus can save. We know that to be true. Yet too often in churches, we can say we're living out the great commission of Christ. But in fact, we're actually living the great omission of Christ. Trying to accomplish the mission of Jesus without the presence of Jesus. And Galatians 3 calls that way of living foolish. Saying, after you started in the spirit, are you really trying to finish in the flesh? Are you really trying to finish this out without God? We can't do what God is calling us to without God. We can't do it as individuals. We can't do it as a church. We need Jesus Because without Christ, it is just our ability. And our ability, friends, is not enough. So in all we do, our drive, our passion is to make sure, no matter what, we are not doing this alone. We don't do it without Jesus. It's a co-mission. And I'm telling you, churches can unintentionally start to do church without Jesus. Because they have skills and they have abilities and they have strategies and they have have resources and lots of helpful internet tools. Sure, church is good, right? And sure, church is good when God shows up. But in truth, church is fine if God doesn't. That's how it feels in those places. Jesus doesn't have to show up. Because there's plenty of gifts and plenty of planning and plenty of money and plenty of talent to get us by. God's presence is good, but not necessary. And may we never end up living with that idea in place. Because God calls us to be a church built on the great co-mission, which means we refuse to do it without Jesus. Because our co-mission hinges on Christ's presence. I'll wrap up with this. I was talking not long ago to a potential church planter who lives in Southern California. He and his wife are in the entertainment industry. And as we were spending time together, he mentions that his father-in-law, his wife's father, uh, is a musical composer. In fact, they did a lot of composing for television and movies and that sort of thing. And I said, wow, that's interesting. I, have I heard any of his stuff, what, he, what he's composed? And he said, well, you might have. He said, uh, he mentioned a few movies, some TV shows. Some of them rang a bell. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Didn't, didn't ring a strong bell, but I thought, I think I've heard of those. And, and they said, well, there is one piece that you probably would know uh, that he wrote. And I said, what piece is that? He said, well, my father-in-law composed the music to the theme for Mission Impossible. <laughs> now, I think most of us could sing that, right? You know the one. Okay. I hope you're singing right there in your place right now, singing that theme. A very recognizable theme, right? And it seems to me that the sound of that track should be playing in the heart of every Christ follower every day. We have been given a mission impossible to reach the world with the love of Jesus. Going, baptizing, teaching, obeying. That's the impossible mission. A mission only that can, a mission that only can become possible in Christ. 
possible because of Christ's authority and Christ's mandate and Christ's presence. This is our great commission. It's not optional. It is not limited to a few professionals. It is the answer to the question, after all of this, what do I do now? The simple answer is make the Great Commission your mission. And then watch Jesus make that mission possible. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com, or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.